What's good, everybody? What's good? What's good? What's good? Trying to get everything set up here for today. Hope everybody is doing well. I know I had a running joke. And I had a running joke that I think the last three or four live streams I had, we may have been green on the S&P 500. Yeah, we we weren't green today. <laughs> we were definitely not green today, but that's okay. That's okay, because the one thing that I really, truly want everybody to understand is that the bear market is not going to last always. The bear market won't last always. And so while I get my Instagram and everything set up, I want y'all to understand that we're going to have to lock in during this time. And I'm not just talking about play, play locking in. I'm talking about we're about to have to lock in. If, if investing in this stock market is really what you want, if this is really truly what you want, then this is the time right here that we're going to have to lock in. What's going on, Instagram? What's going on YouTube? Hope everybody doing well. Hope everybody is doing well. Okay, so we're back at it again. Welcome again to the Trade for Yourself podcast, where my mission here always is very simple. I just want to help you learn how to trade for yourself and invest in the stock market for yourself. So you can have confidence. So when the Dow Jones is down 1,100 points, when the NASDAQ is down 566 points, when the S&P is down 165 points, you won't fret. You won't get out of the market. I need you to stay in the market during this time. So please remember, please like, please subscribe, please hit that notification bell so you can be in the know every time I come on to the episode. Okay, and please, for full disclosure, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a fiduciary. I do not manage money professionally. So please, whatever I say, whatever we talk about, please do your own research before you invest in any stock and understand really, truly what you're getting into when you get into the stock market. Okay, so please, this, this, this is a live stream. So this is meant to be interactive. So please come over to the chat, you know, for the Trade for Yourself podcast chat, come in, introduce yourself. If you've got a question, just ask me a question. You know, I always have things that I want to talk about during the week. But if anybody has any questions, reach out to me. Let's have some dialogue so we can just go back and forth with each other. Oh, Jordan, what's good? Because I see Jordan over here on Instagram. Come over here on the YouTube live. Everybody on Instagram, come over here to the YouTube live for me. Okay, so in the question of this episode, how long will the bear market last? Um, to be honest with you, I don't know. I can't predict the future. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day in a year or whatever. I don't know how long the bear market is going to last, but I would argue with you that it doesn't matter. How long the bear market lasts doesn't matter. The reason why I say that 
is because if you have a long-term horizon, if you don't need the money that you're investing into your portfolio for the next three years, for the next five years, better for the, for the next seven to 10, then how long the bear market lasts doesn't even matter. To be honest, from a long-term perspective, you want the bear market to last as long as possible. Why? So you can continue to accumulate assets while they're discounted, while they're on sale. Accumulating shares of companies and businesses that you believe in that have high growth rates and that you are prepared to hunker down in over the long term. So we're going to go through some articles. We're going to look at some things. And we're going to see, you know, what's going on in the stock market. So let me let me share my screen here with you. So we can really, truly have a level of understanding with what's going on. All right. So the S&P 500 was down 4% today. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to talk in terms of basis points. We'll just talk in terms of percentages. The NASDAQ composite was down 4.7%. The Dow Jones was down 3.5%. And the Russell 2000 was down 3.5% as well. So you already know the chart has been very important because, because the price, we have to look at the price. Okay, look at the price and see what's going on. Now, I'm looking, now we're looking at trading view here and we're looking at the S&P 500 index. So we had an all-time high that we reached really on January 4th. That was the all-time high. You know, I've got that level marked off here. You can look at that level 4,818.62. But we had it, we had a year-to-date low on May 12th. So May 12th, that was almost a week ago. We came down, we hit this level 3,858.87. Now, we had a horrible day today. And so based on the chart, if I had to take a wild guess, we're probably going to retest that year-to-date low. Why? Because we are in a defined downtrend. Okay, what does that mean? A defined downtrend means that the market, you know, an index, a stock, whatever, is having a series of lower highs and lower lows. Okay, so... That means the market is coming down. We came down in January. We had a we had a low. We went up a little bit and we had a double top, really a triple top at 4637.30. We bled down a little bit lower. We had a, we had a couple of double triple bottoms. We came back up and then we bled down and we had a lower low. Came back up again for a high and we bled back down to another lower low. So we're continuing to break down and we're continuing to break through the previous lows, okay, that we're having throughout, throughout the entire year. Now, there are reasons why the market is down, okay? And we're going to talk about specifically why is the market down today? Why is it down today? Okay, so the Dow Jones dropped 1,100 points for its biggest decline since 2020 as the sell-off this year on Wall Street intensifies. Okay, so what happened was the markets returned to heavy selling after back-to-back -back quarterly reports from Target and Walmart. 
stoked investor in fears of rising inflation, taking a bite out of corporate profits and consumer demand. Okay, so the consumer is challenged. Okay, it's very, very challenged. And we and if, if you look at what Chief Investment Officer at Verdance Capital Advisors, Megan Horman said, she said that they're starting to see at the end of the year that consumers were turning to credit cards to pay for the rise in food prices, rise in energy prices, and that's actually gotten much worse. This is going to hurt those bellwether retail places and Walmart tends to be one of them. So Target took a major dip, major dip, and it dropped 24% after the retailer reported first quarter earnings that were much lower than what Wall Street estimated because of higher costs for fuel and compensation. The retailer also showed lower than, lower than expected sales for discretionary merchandise like TVs. So like what the advisor said, inflation is really truly hurting the United States consumer. It's hurting the consumer. Okay, retail sales, they're up. They have been, you know, okay, but inflation is the number one issue. If you look at voters, if you look at just your family members, they're talking about your coworkers, they're talking about how much prices are up. Everything's elevated. And so now the consumer is not spending their money on discretionary items. They're spending their money on things like, you know, the higher fuel you know, higher fuel, having to spend for groceries, eggs, the price of milk, things like that. That's what's really truly eating into these earnings expectations. So now a lot of companies are dropping the ball. Okay, Lowe's fell 5.3% after missing sales expectations in the first quarter report as shoppers bought fewer supplies for outdoor projects. Okay, that's a problem. So any company that's relying on households and discretionary purchases will likely suffer this quarter because a lot of discretionary income has been funneled to food and energy prices. So let's, let's also take a look at some of these stocks that dropped today. Let's look at the consumer discretionary sector. Okay, let's look at XLY. So XLY is the consumer discretionary ETF that tracks all consumer discretionary companies in the S&P 500. XLY was down 6.5% today. So XLY actually had a new low. XLY actually broke past the 52-week low previously and closed pretty much right in line with where it was last week. So we've got a double bottom here. I wouldn't be surprised if we bled lower. Because not only did XLY take a beating, you had Target lost 24%. Gap down. That is a bad, when you see a gap down between candles, that shows you a big reduction in price. Let's just, let's just, let's just look at, let's just look at Target on, on a weekly time frame. If we look at Target on a weekly time frame, you got to go all the way back to November of 2020 to come back in line with these prices here. It's been a long time since Target has been here and you see a big red candle. That means a lot of money is coming out of that stock. It's, it's doing bad. Lowe's, 
Lowe's down 5% today. Home Depot down 5%. Nike down 5%. Another consumer discretionary name. Tesla, even though I believe Tesla, Tesla is a technology company, Tesla is a consumer discretionary name, down 6.8%, getting beaten. Etsy, another consumer discretionary name that took advantage of the pandemic from an e-commerce perspective, down 10% today. Didn't we haven't seen these? We haven't seen these prices since May of June of 2020. So we've got to go back two years. All of the growth in the stock price now has removed has been removed just today, going back two years. Okay, what other consumer discretionary I got in my portfolio? Dollar General, Dollar General down 11 percent, 11 percent again. So Dollar General is kind of. It's kind of about to retest where, where Dollar General was in February. Walmart. Walmart is a consumer staples name, but we can we can put it together down 6.7%. But it's down 17% throughout the throughout this week. It was down 11% yesterday because they reported their numbers yesterday. They're they got beaten. Procter and Gamble. Procter and Gamble, who 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 pretty much sells a lot of consumer discretionary items, they're down. But you know what? This may be an opportunity because it looks like we may be forming a double bottom. A double bottom is a potential reversal pattern in terms of, when we look at technical analysis, in terms of the stock may be able to go higher because consumer staples, consumer staples names are the ones that might actually continue to win in this environment. But still, we have to be careful because nobody was safe here today. Amazon, down 7% down 7%. We've got to go back to April of 2020. All of the gains over the last two years gone from these names. This is really, truly showing you that the consumer, okay, that the consumer is not taking this very, very well. And so when we look at it, you see all of these different stocks that fell, that fell bad we have to rein in our expectations. The, the, the type of expectations that we had last year, they don't exist. The type of market that we're in, when the Federal Reserve was just printing money and we were obtaining stimulus checks and we were getting PPP loans and we were spending this money at nauseam, the money was just going straight. It was coming into the account and it was immediately going out of the account to spend. And so we were having a good time while it lasted, but eventually all of that stuff had to come home to roost. The Federal Reserve is not being your friend anymore. On top of that, on top of that, we've got an economic slowdown in China due to a zero COVID policy. China is not allowing their citizens to even come out of the house. If you look at all of the economic manufacturing that's global, global economic manufacturing that's happening is happening in China, okay? So if China is not operating and they're not open, that's going to affect a lot of the companies that we like, like Apple, <laughs> like Microsoft, like Nike. It's going to affect a lot of those companies that are rooted from a manufacturing perspective over there in China. Now, I want us to really truly look at the economic calendar real quick 
And I know that the title of this video is, or this episode is, how long will the bear market last? Like, like I really want to reiterate this again. If you have a long-term horizon, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't need the capital that you are deploying into your portfolio for the next three to five to seven to 10 years, it doesn't matter how long it lasts. You just need to be buying these names up as you can. Businesses that you believe in, that you have done the research on, that have good management, that have good products, right? They're in the industry that have the good growth, that have the good growth rates, the hedge funds, the institutions, the ones that got the ones that have their money heavily in these stocks. That's what you need to be putting your money in. Now, for the rest of this week, from an U.S. economic calendar standpoint, we've got initial jobless claims that are coming out tomorrow morning. That's a non-factor for me. We've got existing home sales. Um, that might be something we might want to pay attention to from a housing perspective, but that's not going to majorly move the market, in my opinion. But Wednesday, which, which, which a week from today, we've got FOMC minutes. Okay, so what does FOMC stand for? It stands for the Federal Open Market Committee. So the Federal Reserve, that's headed by Chairman Jerome Powell, they're going to put out their minutes. So pretty much they meet together, they talk about, you know, how they feel about the economy, how they feel about interest rates, how they feel about inflation, price stability, stuff like that. And they let investors know what they plan on doing pretty much by the next meeting. They're pretty much just giving you an update on what's going on. I don't think we're going to have any type of press conferences from, from Chairman Powell, but we will see what they're thinking. Okay, so next week, we've also got gross, gross domestic product GDP reading, okay? If this GDP reading is negative, if it's negative, we're going down, y'all. We're going down to the S&P, we're going down on the S&P 500 because last month we had a negative GDP reading. If you have two consecutive quarters with a negative GDP reading, then that means you are technically in a recession, okay? And, and I'm talking about from, from the United States standpoint. Now, globally, we are in a recession globally. Globally, we are in a recession, but we have not seen the numbers yet in the US, but don't get me wrong. I believe it's coming. We don't know when, we don't know how, but it's going to come. If the reading comes out Thursday and it's negative, the market's coming down. And to pull the chart up real quick, so I can give you a little bit of perspective on where I think we're going. If we get a negative GDP reading and that officially puts us into a recession, it's possible we can come down to 3,600 on the S&P. So down to 3,594.39. That's a level where, where I kind of feel okay to where, say, to where I may say that we might truly have a bottom. Because I don't believe all of the growth in the S&P 500 is going to leave us. It's a possibility. It could happen. I just don't see that happen. If, if, we, were, if we were to believe, if we were to bleed below 3594, we'll probably come back to our COVID high, which was a pre-COVID high of about 3400. So right at 3400 is probably where we may land. 
So the bear market, in my estimation, is not over by any means. But at the same time, as these prices come down, you continue to you, you continue to collect these assets and you continue to average down. That means you whatever positions that you have, you average down on them by buying the assets at lower prices. That's what we've got to do. Also, next Friday, we've got PCE inflation. Okay, so that's the inflation number that the Federal Reserve looks to, that the Federal Reserve looks to in terms of pretty much saying, okay, how much do we need to raise interest rates? And so next Thursday and next Friday, those are going to be big economic indicators that we have to tap into. If they're negative, which I'm anticipating them to be negative, the market's not going to be good. We're probably going to break through another low and bleed on down to those levels. And also, in the middle of June, we're going to have another Federal Reserve meeting, and the Federal Reserve is going to decide how much they're going to raise interest rates. Okay, so with them raising interest rates, that's not good either. The market doesn't care what the Fed is doing. But, but we're getting to a situation to where the economy might not be as healthy as we thought it was. It might not be as healthy as, as they thought it was. The cost of capital is rising. The cost of borrowing, you know, with, with mortgage rates increasing, the amount of home you can buy will be less because the amount of interest that you're paying back to the bank is going to be higher. So all of this stuff that's going on in the economy is affecting the economy. Now, let me check the chat real quick and see who's all up in here. Hey, you Clayton, another one. What's good, man? Jay Sound, what's good, cuz? Oh, yeah, let's watch the market bleed and then get ready to invest. You see, cuz is already tapped in. He already understands that when fear is induced in the market, that's when we have to buy. Speaking of fear, let's go over here to the fear and greed index. <laughs> let's go to the fear and greed index. So, if you don't know, the Fear and Greed Index is an index that's put together by CNN Business, and it kind of measures the motion of the market. And it's got seven different indicators that it uses. It's got market momentum, which measures the S&P 500, and it's 125-day moving average. Stock price strength, so net new 52-week highs and 52-week lows on the New York Stock Exchange. Stock price breadth. Um, that's a, that's a new one. Um, put the call option. So the put the call ratio. So pretty much measuring in, in options, in the options, in the options world, are people thinking that stocks are going down or that stocks are going up, right? Market volatility, the VIX, the volatility index, as the VIX goes up, that means the market's coming down. Right. As the VIX comes down, that means the market goes up. It's an inverse relation. It's, a, it's really, truly an inverse relation. You've got safe haven demand and you've got junk bond demand. Now, if we look at where we are, we are, we are at extreme fear on the fear and greed index. Extreme fear. This is when you want to buy. Okay, you, you want to be buying the companies of businesses that you have done the research on that you love over the long term. You should be buying the S&P 500 every single month. Now, like I said, this is the thing. When the market does come back at some point, whether it's two years from now, whether it's three years from now, 
whether it's six months from now, whenever the market comes back, if you haven't spent some time doing some research and spent some time buying companies, you're going to feel bad because of the fact that we're back up again. Because every economic indicator is negative. And hey, by all means, there are reasons for us to be bearish at this point. But this has given us an opportunity to buy quality companies at extreme fear levels when other people are just leaving the market. I know some people, they didn't have the opportunity or they weren't tapped in to where they were able to invest in 2020, in 2021. This is really another opportunity. We've got another opportunity to double back again and say, you know what? I didn't invest in 2020. I didn't invest in 2021. But now let me put the work in. Let me put the work in. Let me do the research. Okay. Let me listen to the Trade for Yourself podcast. Let, let me be tapped in to really truly understand what do I need to look at so I can be successful in the market. Okay. That's that's what we need to do right now during this time. So yesterday, Jerome Powell. He had a press conference. He had a press conference and he was interviewed by the Wall Street Journal. And so Jerome Powell warns that a soft landing could be quite challenging. Okay, so what does that mean? He said a soft landing could be quite challenging. Okay, so let's go through the article. So Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell warned on Thursday that getting inflation under control could cause some pain and that the ability to execute a soft landing could depend on factors out of its control. Okay, so Powell acknowledged that getting back to 2% inflation while keeping the labor market strong, the soft landing he wants, and avoiding a recession would be quite challenging. Unemployment is very, very low. The labor market is extremely tight, and inflation is very high, Powell said. So it will be challenging. It won't be easy. No one here thinks that it will be easy. Also, Powell said that the central bank might have moved faster to battle inflation. If you have perfect hindsight, you'd go back and it probably have been better for us to have raised rates a little sooner. That's what a lot of economists and a lot of investors, that's why they are upset with the Fed because, the, because they feel that the Fed moved too slow and they should have been got in line to try to affect the inflation. So let's review again. Everybody, everybody's been talking about the Federal Reserve because it's important. The economy, unless the economy gets back to a point, gets back to a situation to where it can stand on its own two feet, it will not be back to all-time highs. It won't happen. So if you're going to be a successful investor, you've got to be tapped into what's going on in the economy, and you've got to know what it means. So Let's do, a, let's do a review again. Okay, what is the Federal Reserve? The Federal Reserve is an independent entity, right? And it has a dual mandate. So there's two things. There's two things the Federal Reserve is plugged into, two things they're focused on. They're focused on maximum employment and price stability. That means controlling inflation. So when prices are high, the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates to lower the demand, increase the cost of borrowing, increase the federal funds rate. So the rate that banks use to loan money to themselves overnight, that's, that's the rate that's being increased. Now, 
what is is really going to be very difficult for this to happen because you you could argue that the Federal Reserve may actually have to force a recession, force the economy to to contract and come down to a lower level in order for us to get back to where we need to be. And so what we have to do is we're going to be tapped into the Federal Reserve. Every single meeting that they have starting next week, we got another meeting. Okay, what do they say? Every time Jerome Powell is going to have an interview is going to affect the market because investors only care about what he says or what he doesn't say. So, you know, we're going into, into a time to where we really truly have to be locked in and tapped into what's going on. Hey, Jordan, what's good, cuz? How much buying would you say is too much or is there a limit that you would suggest with buying now? Okay, that's a good question. How much buying is too much buying and is there a limit on how much you would buy? So there's two, there's two perspectives you can look at this from. You can dollar cost average or you can average down. Okay, so what's the difference? Okay, so let's pull up let's pull up Apple. Since I own some Apple. Or better yet, you know what? Yeah, let's leave Apple because everybody knows who Apple is. Okay, so I've got some levels marked off. So so you could dollar cost average. So that means that every single month you allocated a portion of your budget to where you're going to invest into Apple or AMD or the S&P 500, NASDAQ, whatever, you buy every single month, no matter what, right? So, so the cost is going to be average, right? And, and, and since it's an average cost, you'll be, able to, you'll be able to ride the volatility. As stocks go lower, you'll accumulate more stocks as it's lower. As the market goes higher, you'll accumulate less stocks. But over a long period of time, over a long time horizon, you'll be fine. You'll probably be up 50, 7,500% over a long period of time, depending on how much you're buying and where you're buying at. That, that's dollar cost averaging. Or you could pick your prices and you could average down. Okay, what does averaging down mean? Let's say, let's say you were an investor and let's say you thought, well, let's say, let's say you didn't have a problem buying Apple at 170, 150, Okay, let's say you didn't have a problem with that. Let's say you was like, hey, I believe that Apple is a good company. I believe that Apple is worth this price. I have no problem buying it. If Apple comes down to 150 or it comes down to 140, 82, where it was today, or if it comes down and breaches another low, 138, or if it came down to 123, 110, you would buy as the price went lower and you would be lowering your cost basis. So your cost basis is your average price that you buy into the security. So if I buy 10 shares at 180 and I buy another 10 when the stock comes down to 140, that means my average cost for that stock is 160. So when Apple gets back to 160, I'll start seeing profit at any price above 160, that's when I'll start seeing that. That's really when I'll start seeing profit. 
Okay. But if I were, if I were to just buy at 180 and never buy again until the stock gets back at 180, I'm gonna be bleeding down. I'm, I'm gonna be bleeding down, arguably bleeding out. But continuing to buy every single month and continuing to average down, that's gonna put you into a better position. So, and to answer that second part, is there a limit that you would suggest with buying now? I'm, I'm never gonna put limitations on investing. But what I will say is that only invest the amount of money that you can afford to lose. Have some cash on the side, like create you a cash position, okay? That way, if we keep going lower, you'll still have some cash right here to be able to invest as it goes lower. I have not, like, if Apple continues to go down, I'll buy the stock as it goes down. Now, this is the thing you, you have to understand here. Also, with buying the companies, as they're dropping, you only average down on companies when the business has not changed, when management is still strong, when they're still when they're still pretty much increasing the amount of product that they have, making them better, improving revenue, improving profit, adding value to shareholders, you're still able to get a dividend. That's when you buy companies because you believe that the story, not really the story, but you believe, you excuse me, you believe that Apple is worth 170, but it's down here at 140. So, that's a dislocation in price. That means that the market is giving you an asset on sale if you believe it's worth 170. If you got a pair of, if you got a pair of the Jordan 11s, win like 96s, right? And you bought and you bought them for two for 200 or 220, and you never worn. They're dead stock. Never worn, and they're going for around 350 to 400 you're in the green because what they're worth is a lot more than what you paid for. That's where you want to be in the market. You want to be accumulating shares when the price is low. And when you double your money, when you double your money and you get a 100% return, that's when you take profits off the table, take profits off the table, make a new position with the, make a new position with another company. Just because you take profit from a stock, well, just because you may sell a stock, it doesn't mean you may not believe in the business. It just, you just have to look at your investor identity and your investor identity, but also the goals that you have for your portfolio too. Like what goals do you have for your portfolio? Are you in a growth portfolio? Are you in a dividend portfolio? Are you, are you trying to, are you really not trying to have a whole lot of risk? You know, I, I'm always preaching the long-term and preaching a long-term time horizon. Do you have a short-term time horizon? Do you want to put some money to work that you're going to need in three months? Maybe you want to, maybe you want to consider getting you some treasuries. Maybe consider getting you some treasuries or consider you, if you're comfortable and you do the research, continue doing some passive income over here in crypto. That's a possibility, but it depends on it depends on your time horizon and the goals that you have for your portfolio. Makes sense. I appreciate it, fam. As always, because I'm always here to help. Always here to help to make sure that y'all get the information that y'all need so y'all can be successful. So everybody, 
I don't see any more. I don't see any more questions. I don't see any more comments. So I appreciate everybody that that tapped in on the live chat. Um, our time has been well spent. What I want to tell you is that this is the opportunity for you to buy assets on sale in companies that you believe in. Even if you only buy the S&P 500, even if you only buy ticker symbol SPLG and you dollar cost average into it, that's great because now you're putting your money together when the asset's on sale and whenever the asset gets back to all-time highs when you get back to that value, you're going to have a very, very nice increase on your money. Look at companies. Look at, look at the strong companies, the companies that have the highest weighting in the S&P 500. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla, Google, NVIDIA, AMD, right? Companies that are strong, strong companies. That's, that's where we need to have our money. Now, you know, I'm biased towards tech. I love tech. I love consumer discretionary. But there's one thing that I did make, make a mistake on this year. Not doing enough research into energy. Not doing, not doing any real research into real estate into materials, into industrials. We've got to learn the entire market. We've got to learn the entire market and we've got to be tapped into what's going on everywhere. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I have to add energy to my long-term portfolio necessarily, but if I'm a trader, right? And I'm looking for a bull market because there's always a bull market somewhere. Maybe I should be learning the seasonalities of certain sectors and be tapped in right at the beginning of that sector, of that seasonality of that sector, so I can take advantage of the growth, the potential growth that may be happening in the portfolio. So one challenge that I have for myself is continuing to learn the market, learn different sectors in the market, and also just continue to double down, continuing to lock in, just continuing to understand that everything that I want to accomplish for my portfolio, for my life, everything, I can do it. I can do it if I believe it and I really truly put my mind to it and lock in on it. So as always, I thank y'all for tapping in. Please like, please subscribe. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you can be in the know every time I drop an episode, come on live, pre-recorded, the whole nine yards. Until next time, Peace, y'all. See y'all later. Remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. Catch y'all on the next one.